The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Good to see you all here this morning. Welcome to those who are joining us down there in the back hall as well. Great to have you folk here on site today and also to anyone who might be watching us online this morning. Merry Christmas to you all. We're going to spend a bit of time in prayer this morning, so I invite you to to join me as we do that. Let's pray, shall we? Oh, our gracious and merciful God and our loving Heavenly Father, we want to uh, come before you this morning. We want to bow before you, first and foremost, Lord, in reverence and awe. Just as the, the shepherds and the the wise men there bowed at the, uh, the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come this morning to bow before you, our God most high. For you alone are glorious in majesty and holiness. Lord, there is no other God but you. You are the creator of all things, the giver of life, and the one who pours out his goodness and kindness to us in our lives. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are not a God who remains distant. But Christmas reminds us that you entered into our world in the person of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who took on flesh to reveal yourself to us and the extent of your great love towards us. Lord, your word reminds us that that your desire has always been for relationship with the people you have created. Your word also reminds us that it is our sin and our rebellion towards you that that separates us from knowing and experiencing the life that you have intended for us. We thank you and praise you that you did not leave us in our state of helplessness and hopelessness, spiritually dead in our sin and unable to change our situation. But instead you reached down to us by entering into our sin-ravaged world and lives in order to rescue us and give us hope and joy. Praise your name. It is through the birth, life, death and resurrection of Jesus that our hope is restored, that eternal life is offered to all who put their faith and trust in him as Saviour and King. That is the great message of Christmas, and it is indeed joy to the world. Father God, as we gather here this morning, we think of those who will find today not only just tinged with sadness, but for some overwhelmed with sadness and grief. We pray especially for those who cannot experience the closeness of loved ones, whether they be separated by distance, whether it be the physical distance or a relational, emotional distance, Lord. We also pray for those who cannot be with loved ones because they have departed. Lord, departed this world. Lord, we pray for those whose lives today are filled with grief and sadness. We pray also, Lord, for those whose lives have been turned upside down in this world in which we find ourselves living today. Lord, we pray that you might draw near to all of us, but especially those today who need your, your comfort and your grace. May they experience that in abounding measure in their hearts 
can wrong us. Father, we think of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are facing many trials and hardships themselves at this time. We pray for those especially who are persecuted for their faith in Christ. We pray for those who live in countries gripped by the the terrible restrictions due to COVID-19 and who cannot meet as we do today. Lord, we pray for those who are isolated and alone. May your spirit minister to their hearts today and bring your peace and comfort to them. Father, as your children, help us to be bringers of hope and joy and kindness to those we see in need around us. Help us to shine the light of Christ into our neighbourhoods, our homes, our workplaces, our friendship groups. Lord, help us to show the hope and the joy and the peace and the comfort that can be found in Jesus and him alone. Father, the events of this year have impacted our world in ways that we could never have imagined this time last year. It only goes to show us that ultimately the things of this world that we so quickly put our hope and our security in can fail us and leave us frightened and vulnerable. As the Lord Jesus reminded his disciples, in this world you will have trouble. But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Help us too to put our hope and confidence and trust in Jesus, the Saviour of all who come to him in faith. Father, we want to offer you today afresh our worship and our adoration. And may our hearts exalt and proclaim to you glory to God in the highest. I'd like to uh, read to you this morning a a short passage of scripture that comes from the book of Isaiah, uh, a prophecy that was written some 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus Christ, but a prophecy that speaks of the coming of Jesus as Saviour. It comes from Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read the first seven verses of that chapter. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness... On them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood, will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. This is God's word to us today. Well, as I said, Merry Christmas, everyone. I wonder, has anyone opened any Christmas presents at all this morning yet? No. Oh, how sad. How sad. I wonder, you know, did you make a Christmas present wish list as you in the lead up to Christmas? Anyone do that? Oh, a few of you maybe, yes. You know, my family have been asking me for a while what I would like for Christmas, and I've been exasperating them because I have no clue. I'm going to be a real surprise if I get anything this morning. I wonder, what is it that you had hoped for most this Christmas? What, did you, what have you hoped for most as we've, as we've led into Christmas and as we arrive here at Christmas Day? What are you hoping for the most today? Now, I think that uh, there is one thing that almost everyone longs for deep down in their lives, and that is to have peace to have peace, to have a real sense of a settled contentment and a release from tension and and struggle and hardship in our lives, to have that sense of a real inner calmness within, to have uh, not only that, but to have our, our worries and our concerns just be lifted off our shoulders, to be free from fear and anxiety. You know, amidst the turmoil and and chaos and uncertainty of the world in which we we live today, I believe the cry of the human heart is indeed for peace. For peace. You know, peace, just that word alone has a sereneness about it, doesn't it? Peace. Reminds me of that uh, Australian movie, The Castle, where uh, Daryl Kerrigan and his family arrive there at Bonnie Doon and he, he breathes in the air and he takes on the scenery and he says, Ah, the serenity there underneath, underneath the, the, the huge, humongous power lines that the house is perched under, all that sort of thing. Ah, the serenity. I wonder what is it that you look to in order to find peace in your life, that place of serenity for you? Is it a place? Is it a favourite holiday destination, perhaps? I know many are looking forward now to holidays, a well-earned rest and break, and maybe that holiday place is the place where you hope to find peace. Maybe it's a, a quiet place of solitude for you. Maybe if you're a gardener, your garden is your place of peace. Maybe it might be instead the beach, you know, where you can just lie back in the, in the sunshine and, you know, work on the tan and just... You know, watch and listen to the waves as they crash on the seashore. Or maybe for you, it's, it's getting away from everything. Maybe it's a hiking trail in the wilderness, in the rainforest, something along those lines. It may not be a place, though. For some, it may be found, your peace may be found in, in perhaps time spent with people, family, friends, maybe your spouse, someone close to you whom you have that special relationship, affinity, closeness with. Maybe it could be found in something else. Maybe it's found in 
and zoning out completely, whether it be in front of a TV, watching a favourite TV program, or there in front of a screen playing your favourite video game, things like that. Maybe it's just, you know, by curling up on the couch with a cuppa and a good book, that sort of thing. I want you to ask yourself this question this morning. If only I had this, fill in the blank here, if only I had this, then I would have peace. What would that be for you today? Think about that for a moment. If only I had this, then I could have a real sense of peace in my life. And as we think about that, I think that helps reveal to us what, in fact, we are putting our hope in as people. You know, for most of us, though, a sense of lasting peace actually seems completely unattainable in this life. Sure, we get glimpses of it, we get tastes of it here and there, but a deep down, lasting peace? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. You know, the thing is for most of us, though, is that peace is almost entirely bound up with our circumstances. The more favourable things are for us in our lives, you know, the better that they go, the more peace we tend to experience. And the less favourable then, the less peace we find. But the reality is, though, isn't it, that, that we tend to have little control over many of the circumstances in our lives. Things can go pear-shaped in an instant. If, if 2020 has taught us anything, surely it's taught us that, hasn't it? That things can just be turned on their head instantaneously. So often we look for ways to escape to find peace, to escape our circumstances, to escape from the pressures and the fears and the worries. Oftentimes people sadly you know, look to escape with things that are harmful and destructive to them in their lives. In reality, there are certain circumstances that we just cannot escape from. What then? Is peace then for us something that is completely unreachable, unattainable? Is there no hope? For us to find peace in this life? Well, folks, today Christmas is a reminder to us all that despite our circumstances, despite the situations that we find ourselves in, there is a deep and genuine, lasting peace to be found and experienced. And that peace is found first and foremost in a person, and that person's name is Jesus Christ. The secret to having real peace in your life is to be united to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The passage we read to us, I read to us just before, as I said, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, there in Bethlehem in Judea, the prophet Isaiah announced the coming of a person who would change the fortunes of his people. As you read through the opening verses of Isaiah 9, you hear the situation of God's people at that particular time. Let me just highlight to you some of the, some of the, uh, the terms that, 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 that come to us through that passage. 
gloom, anguish, people walking in darkness, a land of deep darkness, a yoke of burden, the rod of an oppressor, boots of tramping warriors, garments rolled in blood. Not a particularly happy scene, is it? In fact, it's a scene that is that that that, 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 that brings across, you know, that particular that this particular uh, uh, chapter here and across the people of God, uh, a scene of, of bleakness, of 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 hopelessness, of helplessness. This was the circumstances of the people of God as the prophet Isaiah spoke this prophecy into that situation. But as we think about their, their, that situation on that day, two and a half, two and a half, two thousand seven hundred 2,700 years ago from our own experience, our world hasn't changed, has it? Surely today we find in our own world things like gloom, anguish, people walking in darkness, lands of deep darkness, yokes of burden, rods of oppressors, things that, are, you know, that, that, that weigh in on us that cause us sadness and of, 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 of despair and of disappointment and disillusionment. But listen to God's solution to, to his people back here in this day. I want to read to you again just a couple of verses. Verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. God's solution to the people's problem was this, that the answer to to their desperate and awful situation was not some great military intervention. It was not some massive economic stimulus package. It was not a change to a new political leader or party. In fact, it was not even some grand technological advancement. No, it was nothing, in fact, that this world could offer. But instead, the solution, or God's answer, was a child, a son born to us, given to us from God. Yet this child would be no ordinary child. We are told that the government would be upon his shoulders. Speaking of a a new reign, a new rule, a new kind of leadership. And this new ruler would be called Wonderful Counselor. The one who would guide people into all truth, into God's truth. He would be called Mighty God, God himself come in the flesh. He would be called Everlasting Father, a perfect Father whose love and protection and provision would be without ends. And he would be called the Prince of Peace, the bringer of absolute and perfect peace to a world where there was none. It's interesting that word peace there translates a Hebrew word, shalom. Some of you might be familiar with that word. 
That word shalom speaks of a peace that is more than just a cessation of strife and conflict. Now, back in uh, World War One, there was a uh, uh, an incredible um, uh, uh, an incredible thing that took place there in the in the trenches where the uh, the Allies were fighting the Germans there, and and uh, here they were in the midst of it, you know, the midst of, of, of winter freezing cold. They were, they were up to their, their knees in mud and slush and filth and rats and disease and that sort of thing. They were trying to, to keep themselves alive as they fought this enemy, you know, not, not you know, hardly a hundred meters away from them. And there on, on Christmas Eve, as these, as these people tried to, you know, kill each other and, and to tear each other apart, Christmas Eve came and there from the, from the, from the trenches of the Germans, the, uh, the, the, Allied, the Allied soldiers heard the tune of Silent Night being sung by the German soldiers. And as those, the echoes of that beautiful, that beautiful carol, you know, echoed across no man's land to the, to the Allied soldiers, they then began to hum and, and sing and join in with that beautiful song. And then on Christmas morning, the soldiers all got up out of their trenches and met in no man's land, and they exchanged gifts. And they showed one another pictures of their families, and they embraced, and they extended to one another peace and goodwill to all men. And then the next day they got back in their trenches and started fighting one another again. Shalom, you know, there was, there was a sense of shalom just for a moment there. That cessation of strife and conflict, but but this God's shalom, God's peace, is more than just that cessation. That cessation of strife and conflict. It's actually meant to describe a condition of of serenity and, and harmony within ourselves and with others. But it's an ongoing sense. It's meant to to. To, to speak of a, of, of a prosperity and a, a fulfillment, a, a wholeness and a completeness. That is what the word, God's word peace or shalom actually means. It's used by people, particularly in places like the Middle East, who greet one another. And the intent behind the greeting is that as the person gives that greeting, as they, as they say shalom to the, to the person that they're greeting, there, there's it comes with the, the intent, desire on the part of the person wishing shalom that that person whom they are greeting would have the highest, the absolute best, the absolute good in every aspect of their lives. That is the kind of shalom that God means. And God himself is the absolute embodiment of perfect peace. And it is his peace, his shalom that he desires to give to us as his creatures. And it is this peace that, folks, we all so desperately need in our lives and in our world today. But this peace is accessed only through the Prince of Peace, the bringer of peace, Jesus Christ. You know, at his birth, the angels announced these words, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, God's shalom to those on whom his favor rests. See, Christmas is all about God's message of peace, of bringing peace to mankind. 
And when Jesus conducted his earthly ministry, we're told by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2.17 that he came preaching peace. It says, and he came, that is Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. And this message, this message of of peace that Jesus brought was centered not just on, on, you know, people getting on with one another, but first and foremost, it was centered on men being reconciled to God. For this, Jesus knew, was man's greatest need. And this was the reason that Jesus came into this world, to reconcile mankind to himself, not just to give us some nice you know, some nice teaching and some good morals and things like that to live by. Not to, you know, give us a good, warm, fuzzy feeling at times of the year such as this. But he came to reconcile lost sinners to a holy God. He came to reconcile you and me to a holy God. The early church, Father Augustine, wrote these words. He says, you, that is God, God, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. That rest is this, this, this peace, this shalom of God. We cannot know real peace, deep down, lasting peace, until we are first and foremost reconciled to God himself. And Jesus came to do just that to give his life as a sacrifice for our sins, to die the death that we deserve due to our sin, our rebellion towards God and to God and, and to his ways. Jesus came to, to reconcile us, to fulfill the just requirements of God's perfect law in order that we could be forgiven, in order that we could be adopted into his family and to, and to be made heirs of his eternal kingdom. Now, the prophet Isaiah, later on in, in, this, in this book that he, that he writes in, in Isaiah 53, 5, speaks of Jesus' sacrifice and has this to say about it. It says, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, the punishment that brought us God's shalom was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. The Apostle Paul, reflecting on Jesus' death and resurrection, has this to say to us in Romans 3 and 5. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is found in Christ Jesus. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there is no greater peace that a person could have than to know that they are a treasured child of God himself. That we are loved by God, that we are kept by God, that we are precious to God. That, no, that brings us a deep and lasting peace. To know that no matter what the circumstances that we face in this life are, we will know that not being a child of God means that He is always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never abandons us. 
But in the midst of our circumstances, we can be sure that God has a perfect and good purpose in everything for us and that he will bring us through and that our future, both in this life and in eternity, is secure in him. It is that knowledge and assurance that brings real peace. The prophet Habakkuk knew this peace of God where he writes in Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19, these words. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. See, the prophet Habakkuk had grasped the peace that comes from knowing God as his Father from knowing that his father loved him, cherished him, treasured him, watched over him, cared for him, provided for him. And yes, you know, the outward circumstances would say, you know, all that stuff, that, that, that just doesn't make sense. And yet he had this inner peace that came from knowing that he was a child of God. And because of that, he was able to rest in God and God's love despite his circumstances. Folks, that is real shalom. And that begins through knowing Jesus as your Savior. I'm going to close this morning with a poem written by a guy called Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Some of you might be familiar with the name. He also knew what it was to have the peace of God in the midst of turmoil. As he wrote these words, which became a Christmas carol, a carol that that, that sometimes gets sung at this time of year. He wrote it soon after the death of his wife in a tragic house fire back in the early, in in the mid-1800s, I should say. Let me leave you with these words this morning. I heard the bells on Christmas Day their old familiar carols play. In music sweet, the tones repeat, there's peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells, more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep, for Christ is here. His spirit near brings peace on earth, goodwill to men. When men repent and turn from sin, The Prince of Peace then enters in and grace imparts within their hearts his peace on earth, goodwill to men. O souls amid earth's busy strife, 
the word of God is light and life. Oh, hear his voice. Make him your choice. Hail peace on earth, goodwill to me. Then happy singing on your way. Your world will change from night to day. Your heart will feel the message real of peace on earth, goodwill to me. May you know the peace, that shalom of God, through knowing Jesus, the Prince of Peace, as your Saviour and your King. May you know that not just today, but always. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that in Jesus Christ, we have peace with you through faith and trust in Jesus as Saviour and King. Lord, today as we celebrate Christmas, as we go from this place, as we meet with family, as we meet with friends, as we just spend this day rejoicing and celebrating and feasting and whatever else we do, opening gifts, Lord, may we never lose sight of the fact that there will come a time in our lives where we will know that all the good things will quickly pass away and we will find ourselves in strife and in anxiety and in fear. But Lord, for the one whose mind is set on you, the one whose heart rests in Christ as Saviour and King, Lord, even in those circumstances, there is peace and joy and comfort to be found. Father, thank you that you have come, reconciled us to yourself, the knowledge of your love and your goodness to us, help us to, to go from this place in that truth today and always. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.